How's it going, buddy? Doing good, brother. How are you? How's the studio? I'm right now in beautiful and historic Santa Fe, New Mexico. All right. Beautiful place. I love it. A little sleepy for my taste, but beautiful and historic is uh, understatement of the century. Just kind of worked out in a way today to where it was, uh, had to make a stop, had to get, I uh, had to go to the dentist van. And it was one of those, hey, you're going to get the, you got to go find your guy. So that's what I did. I came up here, went through the sports day, had a lot of fun doing that. Excited to catch up with you. Um, and they said, you know what they said to me, van? They said, hey, as soon as you leave here, don't go eat pizza. Oh, why the hell would they say that? That sounds like you have a horrible dentist. It's a jerk dentist thing to say to a person. That's By the way, why why do you got beef with Albuquerque dentists? Why do you got to go up to a fancy no. Santa Fe dentist? Well, the truth of the whole situation is I've tried Albuquerque dentist and I've not had success. I've had like this. And I'm not saying the dentist proper is bad, but I've had problems with like I've had problems with like front desk like person. And I'll be like. Hey, let me get an appointment six months out. And they're like, Sir, uh, no, nine months. And I'm like, I'm not asking you. Like, I, I need to come back to the dentist every six months. But, like, Albuquerque Dentist is like, well, we could put you on a wait list and call you. I'm like, forget it. I will drive the 40 minutes to, to Santa Fe, New Mexico. But I didn't make it back in time for the show today. So thank you to Isaiah at the station making this thing happen. And thank you to you, Van, for holding it down. Of course, hey. Fred. Look, look, um, uh, front desk D- Janice, you're not going to call me That's back for this. Is. You're not going to call me back for this appointment, just like you didn't call back that Tinder date who took you on that nice dinner and spent all that J- money on you. Janice isn't even going to work there in six months. You know how front desk, like at healthcare places, people are? Like, they, it doesn't work like that. She's almost done with her associates at CNM, and there's no way she's staying at that front desk job. By the way, I mean, that's a good one to get if you can get it. Like, I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, certificates to, like, put yourself in the working field, I'm in on that. But what you really need to focus on is customer service, getting your boy in once every six months. I spend a lot of time on TV. This this weird stuff can't be happening. Look, Janice, just because you know you're about to graduate with your associates from dental hygiene school at CNM is not a reason for you to thwart your responsibilities and set up my friend Fred with an appointment. So I do feel like a lot of front desk at the dentist receptionist is there to get like hygiene school paid for. Oh, it's a I stepping stone. I do think stone. that is an, yeah, that's an energy. It's a stepping stone. Number one, front desk. Number two, uh, dental hygienist school. Number three, dental right. hygienist. Number four, uh, marry a nice rich old man from Santa Fe. That's correct. Yeah, find a a, a old man who is ready to uh, uh, to pay another pension out, not pension, alimony. <laughs> yes, please. Sign me up for them alimony checks, Bubba. Let's go. That's what I need. So, so your dentist literally uh, told you no pizza for, what, 24 hours? Uh, no. So I was like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm starving. I was like, I was like crazy. I had to go get pizza because of this weird Pompeii story, Van. Did you see this thing? <laughs> of course I saw this thing. This, uh, this is big news to me. Because I am a pizza dork. I am a pizza connoisseur. I am pinkies out pizza lover, whether it's fast food pizza or like wood-fired pizza or brick oven pizza or flatbread or whatever. I am a pizza guy. Pizza is number one on my Rushmore of not fork and knife foods. The number one pizza is pizza roll. Mm. Pizza roll? Like Totino's? 
Yeah, like throw in the oven. Like the bat, like the serving size is four, but you eat the thirty pack bag. Isaiah knows what I'm talking about. Of course, you Fred dump the whole bag out. Fred, for someone that doesn't participate and doesn't partake in the jazz cabbage, you saying pizza right. rolls are your number one is kind of astounding to me. That would that pizza you could get in grade school, the little square one. You know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. Of course oh, yeah. I do. Oh yeah, that pizza slapped. I never skipped school <laughs> on that day. And it had like like either and by the way, I think we've been doing substitute sausage for a long time. I think I've been eating impossible sausage since grade school and no one told me because the sausage on that pizza was not real pizza. At all. Oh, none of those pizza toppings from the cheap places, especially your lunch lady, were real meat. It was like ten percent meat, uh, and then like eighty percent cardboard and ten percent uh like what do you call it? The duck fat? What do you call that? Duck fat? Yeah, I, for, I forget my um, my fancy food terminology right now. Well, I have no idea what you're talking about. I know the Impossible Sausage over at Pizza Hut is super good. According to Google, duck fat is known throughout the culinary world as liquid gold. Okay, there's another at? name. Hold on. Let me let me scour my brain. I can feel it. So they... What they do, Fred, liquid gold is is is, the, is Coors, the banquet of beers. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, hold on, give me. All right, here I'll tell you what. I'm not gonna think about it, and then it'll pop into my head. But anyways, whatever the reason, you're trying to say is not a real thing. The reason that we you, you never heard of us like they they over they overfeed the ducks to where they can't walk anymore. And then they harvest them for their fat. It's a horrible practice. Terrible. They do it in France. Terrible. Yeah, they, it's a really it's a thing that really happens. I mean, the reason that we're bringing up pizza today is that archaeologists in Pompeii have unearthed an over two thousand year old mural, and underneath this mural on the painting is the first depiction. Of a pizza over 1,600 years older than we first thought pizza was. Pizza allegedly was invented in the 1600s, but lo and behold, it's invented before the time of Christ, apparently. I think we might have some tech diffs in Santa Fe with co-host of Two Men on Fred Slow. Going to work to get that fixed but uh i'm here with all of your delicious pizza desires so, i mean i haven't gone anywhere oh hey I'm welcome back anywhere. buddy it's nice to see you I, nice i to mean hear i from didn't you. go anywhere all right so 1600 years older than we previously thought pizza was this is a revelation this is like one of the best scientific discoveries of our modern time knowing that pizza is centuries older than we thought it was now, is this confirmed as a pizza? Confirmed on the internet. Uh, I, I'm looking at no, a picture of it right now. The painting is legit intense. Mm -hmm. It's not like, because when you said architect or whatever you said, uh, archaeologist, Isaiah immediately went to like caveman drawings, because that's how little he understands the timeline <laughs> of the world. Like, he thought you were talking about chiseled Egyptian tablets. He has no idea that you're talking about legitimate art and legitimate representation of a fried bread covered in like a tomato sauce and other delicious foods. No, this is true. This is why I went to Google. 
you know, <laughs> hopped on Google. And I see it says they noted that key ingredients needed to make Italy's iconic dish, tomatoes and mozzarella, were not available when the fresco was painted some 2,000 years ago. Okay, well, that's why the date of pizza is the late 16, early 1700s, because that's when tomatoes were introduced into Europe, and they started making their traditional flatbreads with garlic and tomatoes, which are both from South America. So that's like the modern-day pizza. Hmm. So, But flatbreads have existed before the tomato went to Europe, but this is a big deal because this is 1,600 years older than we thought it was. There was pizza in Italy before Jesus. That is old. Now, pizza just, is now B.C. You're, you're burying the lead. Pompeii is like the volcano one, right? That's, that is correct. So the real story here... The real story is volcano baked pizza. Of course it is. That's it's not about that weird brick oven stuff that everyone's into that every acupuncture taking uh, uh, stone loving Santa Fe hippie loves. It's about going down to your local volcano and cooking your delicious pizza over the sulfurs of Mother Earth. And I'm assuming that's the preparation style in Pompeii. But there's very little proof because of the friggin' volcano. It's not because of the volcano. Just erase the whole thing. They're all dead. Every, literally everyone. It's a World Heritage site. You know that? Thank you to friend of the show, Craig. Fagua. I couldn't think of it. Fagua is the duck fat. What is that? That is duck fat. That's when you overfeed. That's when you overfeed the ducks. Bagua. Now, the on. real problem I have with pizza <laughs> here in the United States of America Neither of is us how speak everyone, French, claims, <laughs> everyone here claims to have the best pizza. And there's literally no way. I feel like everyone that wins a best pizza competition is actually the place that just has like the most social media. I don't at all think that the best pizza is in Portland. I don't at all think that the best pizza is in Albuquerque. Like, if you tell me the best pizza anywhere in this country is outside of, like, the New York metropolitan area, I don't think I can believe you. Chicago's got a good pizza. See, you're... No, they do no, Are You're an idiot, Zay. Oh, they, gosh. Oh, they have a gosh. casserole that they call a pizza. You talking about deep dish? Oh, gosh. Well, the There's last... a reason it's not called pizza. It's called deep dish. Yeah, that's a casserole. That's a casserole that's all not day. Pizza. That's a casserole. Oh, they got they that, got all types. That's of pizza. like Italian enchiladas in a cast iron pan. That's not. <laughs> oh pizza. my god! I, Zay says deep dish Chicago. Oh god! Deep dish is wonderful. The no, it is not. As of a couple years ago, Pizzeria Bianco in Phoenix, Arizona, was the best rated pizza in the world. Phoenix, Arizona. See, that, no, there's no way. That's what I'm saying. It has to, it, like, the bones aren't there. And I'm not talking, like, the bones of everyone in Pompeii. I'm talking, like, the history of pizza does not exist in Peoria, Arizona, or wherever you just said. Okay, now, here's my thing. And I say this about everyone's dish. I say this about you and your St. Louis barbecue and everybody who says where they're from has the best food. Everywhere has the best food. You just have to know how to cook and have a friggin' recipe. You don't have to go to Vietnam to have the best pho. You just got to have 
the old Vietnamese grandma's recipe and know how to cook. You don't have to go to New York to get a slice of perfect pizza. We got a couple places here. Uh, Giovanni's. We got Slice Parlor. Dion's doesn't mess around. You just need the friggin' recipe. You don't have to go to Pompeii to have volcano-fired 2,000-year-old pizza. You just go to a place with a do. volcano and a recipe. If you take a Papa Murphy's to a volcano, you're going to tell me it's just as good? There's no, no way. Not Papa Murphy's. This doesn't count. Domino's doesn't count. you got to have raw, real ingredients. You make it by hand. You put a little love. You put a little grandma into it, and then you make it yourself. You don't have to go to Chicago, get a deep dish. All you need is a cast iron pan and some self-hatred to make deep dish pizza. Self-hatred. Really low self-esteem. Yes. You know, we had a caller. We had a caller just call in and informed us that the word we were looking for for duck fat is confit, not foagua. Okay, so those are two different things. Foagua is the overfed duck fat. Confit is duck cooked in its own fat. Ah. See, thank you for calling in and helping correct, though. There's some culture out there with the program. Yes. The friends of the show are cultured. What do you mean, like cottage cheese? Zay's over, yeah, Zay's over here like, I'll lick the grease off the bottom of the Cassie pan we use for our deep dish. <laughs> Gosh. And I'm here talking about duck fat. Thanks, Craig. The St. Louis style pizza? Called in. Have you had that, Van, the St. Louis style? It's a cracker crust. Cracker thin. Yeah, like just Blech. like uh, thin crust dominoes. Gross. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Thinner. Thinner? It's insanely good. Best pizza in the world, probably. Why don't you just set out some saltines and put a little dollop of tomato juice and some seeds, some uh, cheese on it? That's the why same don't thing. You and sounds I, horrible. Why don't you and I take the next four or five days or whatever it is on this holiday weekend, we just travel as far as we can go with a with a video recorder doing a YouTube series on every small town in America claims to have the best pizza, and we'll get everyone's reactions, including Zay, because he's never been on a boy's trip. So, Zay, we're going to expose you to a little bit of life. But then, at the end, people will be like, this is the best series ever. Please come to my town. Not realizing the whole time we're just making fun of pizza in small towns. Yes, I'm in. Yeah, please. Businessman, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. Lots of sports in the world today. We'll go over that. Obviously, we're going to start with Antonio Brown. The story broke yesterday, but the details weren't juicy enough for us to squeeze. Today is the day. We'll go into the show. Antonio Brown at length. Shohei Otani. Um, the numbers are like a video game. We're going to talk about Shohei Otani's video game numbers. NFL gambling always kind of on the mark. Travis Kelsey in the news again. No alcohol at the Olympics. We'll talk about what implications we believe that'll have. I'm we'll sneak going. in an I-9 varsity at some point. Wrapping up the 6 o'clock, or excuse me, we'll start the 6 o'clock hour with Josh Sushan. I will step away for that, and then we'll lead right into Isotopes Baseball starting at 6.15. Anything we missed, man? Oh, I'm sure something else will pop up throughout the program. No doubt in my mind. Whenever we get back, NFL and Antonio Brown talk. He's in. I want to say trouble, but I should just say he stays in trouble. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Welcome back to the program. Van. Yo. Antonio Brown committed federal crimes. (laughs) 
Again. What? Again. Why? Again. Why is this a thing? He just doesn't stop. He's like bizarro Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does not stop being in the news. Aaron Rodgers does not stop being talked about. But it seems like Antonio Brown is like the bizarro version. Everything is like awful. Talk me through it. So he's committing wire fraud. That's my understanding. That is correct. And it goes deeper beyond that. So if you don't know this story, Antonio Brown bought part of an arena football team, the Albany Empire, which his father played on. And just a part on the team wasn't enough. So he became a controlling owner of the team, owned a majority, and then he announced that he's going to play for the team. And right when he announced he's going to play for the team, he bought the rest of the team. So the Albany Empire became Antonio Brown's own National Arena League football team. That lasted all of about four weeks until they became defunct and they weren't paying their players. The players revolted and said, we're not doing this anymore. The coaches boycotted the team. So Antonio Brown sent one last round of final paychecks. Seems like they're all square. No, they weren't. Because after he sends the last round of final paychecks, Obviously, he has their banking information to pay them, and he takes the money right back. What? Yes. (laughs) That is correct. Not surprised. Every single player on this team got paid one last time, and Antonio Brown said, you know what? I think I'll have all of that back. Use their banking information to commit wire fraud, allegedly, <laughs> and took all of the payments back. He also never paid his Ugh. league dues. So the league and the coaches and the players are about to file a clash action lawsuit on Antonio Brown for, number one, not paying them, and number two, paying them and taking the money ma- back, thus committing wire fraud, allegedly. <sighs> So did he deposit it like after 5 p.m. on a business day and then withdraw it before like 8 a.m. the following day, that kind of thing? Great question. Yeah, I mean, the the minutia of it, the details, I don't know. But all the reports are is he made their last payment. Um, The Albany Empire became defunct, and it's an old-school arena team. I'm sure somebody's going to buy it and fix it, especially like just to pick up the pieces behind Antonio Brown because that's what people do, pick up the pieces behind Antonio Brown. It's wild to me, and I, I mean, I get what the league is doing. Like, they need they need a little bit of clout, right? They need a little bit of attention. They need a little bit of those things. But there's certain horses you don't tie your wagon to. The horse is going to buck your wagon. It didn't take but four weeks. And really, if I recall, Van, and correct me if I'm wrong, there were problems after week one. Correct. Yeah, it started bad. Like, he wasn't paying people immediately. And, like, the people who weren't getting paid were obviously the star players who got paid the most, and so they were complaining. And so as soon as they started complaining about not being paid, he cut them and replaced them with cheaper players. This has been an absolute bleep show for Antonio Brown, and I'm see it's only going to get worse. It's like he you doesn't have to get him. It's like oh, he doesn't ahead, have. Isaiah. It's like he doesn't have anybody in his corner to just be like, "That's a bad idea." 
Or if well, there I think is, it's because probably... he has too many people in his corner. Yeah. Like, yeah, because it's – and if you're not him, if you're everyone else, which is kind of where I feel the focus should be, it's you have to, if you're everyone else, make him pay, like, insurance. You have to make him, like, half up front. Like, you have to do yes. some sort of collateral to, if you're ever going to do business with him. And all these guys have contracts. It's not like they're getting paid week to week. Like, they're not contracted laborers. Like, these guys have contracts. I mean, sort of, they do. I mean, and you're talking about, like, he needs people in his corner, you know, advocating for him and telling him not to be an idiot. He has the exact opposite of that. He's got a team of yes-men that are just doing it whatever he says, including his number one confidant, his number one shoulder to cry on, the number one devil on his shoulder, Kanye West. If your rabbi what? is Kanye West, you are in bad shape because he is one of the most insane people on the planet. There's yeah. a handful of people you just shouldn't talk to, period. Uh, uh, like, there's a group of people. Antonio, Don't bring them in your circle. Antonio, that's a good idea. Don't pay your players, man. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> They, the they, don't, they don't know you, Antonio. You ain't got to pay him. You're Antonio Brown, man. It's a, it's a <laughs> shame that you, that you could never, ever see yourself play, Antonio. The biggest you... regret of my whole career is I never got to watch Antonio Brown play, man. Quote Antonio Brown. Yes. <laughs> I did not fart on that doctor. Yes, you did. That was insane. weird. That is was insane. Hey, Antonio, if your girl breaks up with you, just get a girl that looks like her new man. That's what I did. My girl looks just like Pete Davidson. They're broke. <laughs> Don't. Gosh. <laughs> the irony of the whole thing is Kanye and Antonio Brown are buddies. Antonio Brown used to catch passes from Tom Brady. Now Kim Kardashian catches from Tom Brady. Uh-huh. Bleep that. Oh, yeah. This is a small <laughs> world. Yeah. That's bonkers, isn't it? Small world. How is your social circle so small? How can you how can you be so removed? And I guess I'm gonna use the verbiage elite. How can you be so isolated? To where all the people you know are people that have been with or are going to be with your ex-wife. Like, get a life, Kanye. Sounds like high school. Ha! Huh. You ain't wrong Didn't right Antonio there. did Brown hang out with Giselle for five minutes, too, or am I making that up? Oh, God. I mean, I would, if I was a betting man, I'd say yes. That's what he's trying to push. I think push. that was like a, tw- yeah, that was like a tweet or something. Where he was like, Tom... I'm running off the field or whatever. And then that was it. It was over. Or they weren't divorced at that time, but he knew it was coming. Like it all worked out, but not the point. The point is get more friends. Also, they're not really your friends. These people are not really your friends if they're willing to fill in the blank of disastrous thing. Support you as you scam professional athletes out of paychecks. And you're Antonio Brown. Air quotes, the media is just following you around, waiting for you to screw up again. 
prove them wrong for once. I don't know how you do that, though. Like, you get to the point where your reputation is just so bad. Like, there won't be more opportunity, you know? Like, eventually opportunity just stops. But I guess not. I guess right now, if we're being real honest, there's a sports network somewhere that'll put him on as a talking head. There's a political talk somewhere that'll put him on as a talking head. Like, there's someone that's always going to want him as a talking head. Yeah, because he makes waves. Of course. You just keep putting quarters in the machine and taking the ride. Like He doesn't have a lot of people looking out for him who care for him, who want him to get better and get mental health treatment and start making the right decisions. But he does have a lot of people around him who are willing to ask him crazy questions and enable him to do crazy things. And, of course, he has a rich history of doing exactly that, and he will step right up. And then for some reason they ask Kanye. Like, why? Well, if you think about it, no one is better at getting canceled and making everybody forget about it than Kanye. Drops one album, everybody forgets about everything he did. I don't forget. Yeah, I don't think people do. Yeah. I think, like... The Holocaust Museum like, does not forget. No. <laughs> like, I'll never forget the Skechers thing, ever. That is so funny. Oh, my God, what a like low the, point. The dude is so wild. Like, same thing with Antonio Brown. There's a handful of dudes that have just done such publicly dumb stuff to where you're like, if you were to have the best redemption arc of all time, you still did that. I don't What is the best redemption arc story? Harry Connick, not Harry Connick Jr., Robert Downey Jr.? Is that probably the best one of all time? That is the anti-Antonio Brown. It's got to be. Now, the only now Antonio's could be better because he's dug himself into a way deeper hole. Like, coming out of this hole? Like, if he somehow becomes, like, Warwick Dunn, or if he somehow starts, like, Miracle Leagues all over the country, sure. or if he's whatever, any of these things, okay. Like, we're having another conversation. If he goes publicly and says, hey, I've been screwing up a long time, and I've screwed over a lot of people, and I don't recognize myself, I'm sorry, here's what I'm going to do to make it up to everyone. I'm going to spend my money. I'm going to use my my public eye. I'm going to use my fame. I'm going to, uh, the next time I ask from others, it's going to be to help others. If he comes out and says that, I'll be the biggest Antonio Brown fan you ever met. He won't do that. Oh, absolutely. I want a good redemption story. I want a good comeback story. Everybody does. Come on. This is America. We're built on this thing. If he like comes around and I will, I will hand him his flowers I will sing his praises, but on the arc that he's on right now, there is no way. America's game is the game of baseball and the best player at it. Not American at all. Shohei Otani did it again last night. We're going to talk to you a little bit about these imaginary numbers that he is putting up every single time he plays ball. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Back on the program. Van. Yo. When do you change it from America's pastime to the world's pastime? I think we're in that transition stage literally right now. It kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Europe is on the come up in baseball. I never thought I would say that my entire life. Why are you talking about Europe? The in- England, about Europe. Italy, 
Israel, Germany, like they're all finding a newfound love of baseball. And I think in five to ten years, you're going to start seeing a big resurgence of uh, baseball in Europe. But that doesn't matter right now because the Caribbean is taking over baseball. But even more important than that, the best player in the history of the sport is here right now, and he's from Japan. Shohei Otani, just last night alone, accrued a .8 of a war. That's so insane. That is so insane. one game, because he pitched and batted Van, what you believe to be the most important stat in all of baseball, wins above replacement, he went up almost an entire point. What? So I don't know if you know this, but literally one war. One point of wins above replacement pretty much guarantees you a Major League Baseball contract. If you could have a good enough year to accumulate over the course of a 162-game season, if you're good enough to accumulate one unit of war, you deserve to be on a Major League Baseball roster. Shohei Otani went six and a third, four hits, one earned run, ten strikeouts, and as a batter... Three for three, two home runs, a single, and reached on balls. What? It's insane. I literally never thought that we would see somebody this dominant in baseball. Sure, maybe one pitcher gets hot. I mean, you got Pedro Martinez in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, Max Scherzer went on a run. Jacob deGrom went on a run. We know what Barry Bonds did, steroids notwithstanding. Mike Trout had a great run, but he is doing both of those things. He is top five pitcher in baseball, top five hitter in baseball, and you can make an argument he's the best at both, and he's doing both. This is insane. Even if there's a, if there's a young person right now, there's a, there's a kid right now watching the game of baseball, and it's like, I'm going to be the next show, hey, Otani. And in 10 years or 15 years, that kid is in Major League Baseball, and he's pitching, and he's batting, and he's doing all these things. That kid will be the phenom at that time, and he still won't be as good as Shohei Otani currently is right now. I mean, and, and you nailed it because, you know, you know, like when you're playing youth sports, the, the same kid who plays shortstop is the same guy who's the quarterback who's the yeah. same guy who's the point guard. The Isaiah All, Johnson. Yeah. It, uh, sure, yeah, the Isaiah Johnson of everything when they're younger. So, like, when you're playing Little League Baseball, the best player plays center field, shortstop, and pitcher, and he does all of them throughout the course of a game. Eventually, whether it's high school or college or the minors, he will be forced to pick one or the other. So either you play shortstop or center field or you're a pitcher, and we're going to focus on one. So like that's make that makes it even more difficult for players who are that talented and no one's as talented as Shohei Otani. He's a bad comp, but people on a level down from Shohei Otani, they don't have that chance because they make you specialize at some point in your career. You have to pick one of those skills. He's the best at both, doing it on the highest stage. It is absolutely bonkers to watch in real time. And you said it last night. Six over six innings pitched, ten strikeouts, two home runs. This is one day. You don't gotta watch baseball to know that ten strikeouts and two homers in one game. 
It hasn't been done in 60 years. <laughs> my, my little brain cannot comprehend this. It's been done three times in the history of baseball. And he's going to do it again sometime this year. He'll do it again. Sometime this year. Yeah, he'll do it again. It before might be even crazier. Before the end of June, Shohei Otani is sitting at six war. Six, six war is a MVP season. He is the runaway unanimous MVP of baseball. It's not even close. You can make zero argument. The only reason Aaron Judge won the MVP last year is because he broke the friggin' home run record in the American League. And I still think Shohei Otani was the MVP last year. I am 38 years old, which means I saw peak Albert Pujols. I saw peak Barry Bonds. I saw peak Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. I saw... Miguel Cabrera. I get, no, he's not in that conversation. Those three guys I named are... I can't come up with anyone else. I want to be like Ozzy Smith, but no, you know? Like, there's Pujols... Bonds, Griffey. Trout. Trout, yeah, Trout would be. But it's it's Shohei so many times over, and it's so easy. And he's not taking the roids that Barry Bonds did, that Mark McGuire did, that Sammy Sosa did. Right. Look at him physically. It's ridiculous. He's the definition of doing it technically right. Even his pitching mechanism is not great. His body kind of flails a little bit. Strikes you out. Strikes out 10 of you. But it's so smooth and low effort. It's something that he can repeat over and over again in his career. I mean, it's very it's very Japanese. His wind-up and his delivery is Japanese. But it's smooth and it's fluid and it's not jerky. And he's not putting any pressure on any certain part of his body. His swing in the batter's box is poetry. Number one in home runs, number one in RBIs, number one in OPS. Yeah. Are you ready for these? Listen to these stats for the months of June, okay? Isaiah, you ready for this? Ready. 13 homers, batting 383, OPS just shy of 1-4. His ERA in June is 3-2. His last month is literally a season for people. Oh, it would be the best season of somebody's career. Is there a term greater than generational talent? He's leading the league in home runs, and he's third in strikeouts. 28 homers, right? Yeah, twenty. he's, he's going to have 30 homers before the All-Star break. He's going to have 150 strikeouts before the All-Star break. What? Yeah, if, if we're those guys as well, didn't he like break his fingernail last night? And I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but that's like a big deal to a pitcher. He is leading the league in batting average against. That means he's literally the hardest person to hit off of in all of Major League Baseball. And he's leading the league in home runs. He's the type of talent that when he hits a single, you say, oh, only a single? Sure. (laughs) Hey, also, also, let's, let's not gloss over the fact 
that he's insanely fast, too. He has four triples and 11 stolen bases. The same guy. At 6'4", 210. Yes, this is insane <laughs> what we're watching right now. He's st- like, that's like Steph Curry's size. <laughs> Itty bitty. Half the NFL is going to suspend it. We'll tell you all about it when we get back. Big thank you to John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy for sponsoring my remote studio today. Big thank you to the 6-6 Diner. Where I'll be having lunch tomorrow. You know I'm going to enjoy all of that. We will then, during the program, be at ABQ Axe. Come hang out with your boys. $7.50 off per hour. Throwing axes with your boys yep. at ABQ Axe on a Thursday. Let's go on that. Don't forget Friday. We're live from Isotopes Park, of course, at 5 o'clock, which is just 14 short minutes away. We're going to celebrate the Teller Hour with New Mexico's Vodka. That's Teller Vodka. Albuquerque Dukes, I've been in correspondence with all day, Van. Got a bunch of cool apparel coming out for Duke City Championship Wrestling. They're helping with all that. Obviously, Albuquerque Dukes night going on July 15th at Isotopes Park. That's going to be a ton of fun. Just an absolute banger of a time right now in the world of sports here in Albuquerque. Speaking of, Chris Bryant playing baseball tonight for your isotopes. Josh Sushan will tell you all about that at 6 o'clock. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Now betting for the Sports Animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, men on, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Welcome back to the program. Isaiah, I lost your volume on your end, so you can bring me back to life. I'd really appreciate that. We're continuing our NFL talk. Van Nunley back at the studio. I'm all the way up in Santa Fe. It's 5 o'clock. If you're hanging out with the boys, it's New Mexico's vodka, Teller Vodka, as soon as you get off work. Man, we're talking about this NFL gambling stuff and yeah. the Sports Animal live chat, facebook.com slash talkABQ. Friend of the show, Freddie, says these guys have to know this stuff wasn't permitted. I think it's kind of been proven multiple times over they didn't know it wasn't permitted. I think they knew they couldn't bet on their own team, and I think outside of that, they didn't know much. Yeah, I mean, there's six big no-nos. Apparently, there's like a book of information about the gambling policies in the NFL, but there's six big ones. If you stay away from these, 